Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, everybody. Steve Politti here from NJ Advanced Media. Welcome back. I am joined, as always, by Keith Sargent, James Cratch. I'm not sure why we decided to do it, but I'm do it today. But I'm excited about it because you know we haven't talked in like three months, and a lot has happened over that span of time, to say the very least. Um, we'll talk a little wrestling, a little basketball, a little more wrestling because I know how much Sarge loves the wrestling. Uh, some football. Some beer, beer sale, some women's basketball, and then we'll we'll finish with wrestling. What do you think? What do you say? Uh, Sounds we, good. Can we oh, drink some beer? Can we drink some beer, or do we only have to talk it? We're talking uh, it or drinking it or what? Uh, or both? I've been, I've been drinking little bingo, for, little bingo yeah. action. Oh, beer bingo! I've been drinking for half an hour. Uh, what do you want to start? Do you want to start with football or basketball? It's basketball season, but football's in the news. I mean, tell me, tell me, what do you think? We'll talk basketball. I mean, I was at practice today. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, we're talking about the uh, fighting. Heichels, who who are showing progress, and you know, I I wrote the other day. I mean, they they took a big step forward as far as you know. It would be it sounds like a modest goal, but when you've been covering it as long as you have, and you know, longtime Rutgers fans know, you know, the the last time they finished five hundred or better was was thirteen years ago. So uh, they they have a very good chance to do it now. Um, you know, if they if they won their final uh, three rec, rec, regular season games, they would. I uh, guarantee it. Um, I think they you know, have a good chance to win two of their final three regular season games and maybe win a Big Ten tournament game. And uh, there you go. That's incredible, by the way. That's just an amazing stat. You know, thirteen years. You think yeah. about how long. Think of how long that's been. Um, and I, you know, and being at the rack and watching them beat Minnesota and and you know that was a that was a gutty win. Uh, you know, the, one day after P- Coach Pygola buries his buries his mom, emotional win. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm just I, I'm what, what what my takeaway was. And Crash, maybe you you, you can tell me if you agree. It's just you know when you look at those four freshmen and you're like you can't you can't pinpoint which one has the highest upside because they all they all seem to be you know there's just so much room for those kids to get better uh, and they're already pretty good you know that's such a good nucleus i mean you've got to feel really good about that if you're a Rutgers fan no i think you definitely do it what struck me was uh, last year when like, one of the first events i covered when i got on the beat they played ohio state on a sunday night uh, they lost by like 20 of the buckeyes like yeah. Small crowd, dead. You think about this coming into Sunday night. Not a lot of build up for the game. You know, Minnesota's not ranked, but you know, not a lot of hype for that game. They pop an announced attendance over seven thousand. Yeah, six thirty on a Sunday night. Minnesota is trying to get in the tournament. 
Rutgers, the game really means nothing to Rutgers except for pride. And they go beat that team, packed house, it's loud. I mean, I just think that's a sign that this program has clearly kind of taken, like it's, it's, got a hold in the community. It's captured Rutgers fans' imagination. Because a lot of time, you know, they would win a game and people would get excited and they'd lose a game and, like, the, the interest would just go out the window. It, it's sustained now, I think. I think it was 7,000. I think it was 7,001 because Politi actually made a, a rare <laughs> appearance wow. on a basketball game. How about that? Look at that. Throw me under the bus. It's and been I three months, least, guys. You know, we, we need nice. to throw some punches. Absolutely. And I was there and I, you know, I wrote a column about, I talked about <laughs> Steve Pike and his mom. And, you know, it really, you know, it's, this is my, this is my takeaway. You understand why people who have met Steve Pike swear by him. I mean, he's just, he is really just a down to earth, good guy off the court. I'm not talking about what he's done. He's done a fantastic job basketball wise, but you know, I mean, I had a half an hour conversation with him in his office. I uh, talked about his mom, talked about the, you know, the culture he's building. You know, he doesn't let you walk out of there without, you know, asking you six questions about yourself. I mean, you know, and this is, you know, this is the guy's at 11 PM, you know, the, the day after he buried his mom. So, I mean, it just, uh, <clears throat> Uh, and I, I think the crowd responds to him in a way that I haven't seen in a while at the rack. And he's standing on the sidelines, waving his arms up and down. And the moment he does that, the place goes bonkers. So, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it's a good thing they've got going down there. And you, you would think that it, it's the, the thing that makes it uh, most positive for Rutgers. You feel like it's, it is the start of something, not, you know, not the peak of, you know, this is, this, this is going to be expectations now for this program going forward. Yeah, and I'll say this, as far as being a good guy, you just never know because, you know, it's just, we, we've seen too many of these, uh, stories pop up, you know, you know, around the country of, of, you know, whether it's Arizona or, you know, throughout the country, you just never know. So I always preface it that, that you never know, right? But I am fairly almost as confident as you can get as a reporter because you're always skeptical, but as confident as you can ever get as a reporter that Steve Pipe is doing it the right way. I'll give you one anecdote just from today because I'm at practice. I'm doing uh, you know, a, a, a feature that will pop uh, later this week. And, you know, sometimes, you know, as a reporter, James can, uh, you know, can, uh, knows this as well. You, you get some access and, 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 you know, people are like a little, you know, worried because there's so many NCAA rules as far as like what they can say about, you know, a certain topic or what they can mm-hmm. do. And so – the media relations guy, you know, asked the, the strength coach, coach, uh, uh, Dave Van Dyke, you know, whether or not, you know, they, you know, he could talk about this. And Dave was like, well, yeah, it, it, it's going to be fine. You know, that, you know, Steve does everything the right way. Like he doesn't cheat at all. He doesn't, you know, everything is, you know, on the up and up. So, you know, I'm sure that, you know, the, you know, everything is fine. And, you know, there's not going to be any worries about anything that I show, uh, uh, this reporter. You know, so it's just like one anecdote, just one, you know, I came away of that as like, you know, you know this is, right. you know, coach who is clearly, you know, doing it the right way as far as I could tell. Yeah. At least, and let's be honest, I thought they were going to have to start handing out bags of money to get that program heading back in the right direction. So, <laughs> <laughs> there was going to have to be, it's going to have to be point, a, you know, a FedEx yeah. envelope filled with 20s for that to happen. There was a point where you, you just got so tired of writing, you know, so many, like, you just can't believe this is happening to this program that there was a right. point, like, I'm like, you know what? If I saw, um, you know, the, you know, n- name that coach, 
you know, giving an, a bag of money to, to, to this New Jersey recruit. You know what? I might look the other way at this point. Like, I just, hey, you know, all right. Someone's trying. Someone's trying. Exactly. Good. You know, uh, yeah. I might just look the other way. I can understand why, why, why they got to that point. You know, I think what, I think what impresses me and, and that, you know, they, cause they've had, I mean, we've been through it. They've had, you know, they've had a fight. They've had McDonald's all, all Americans. They've had Mike Rosario's. The fact that he identified guys who were, less recruited than they, than they should have, and clearly than they should. I mean, Miles Johnson, clearly someone screwed up. <laughs> Get that kid out of California. I mean, he's 6'11". Yeah. He's got a nice move. You know, I, I, I feel the same way about Ron Harper Jr., you know. And they redshirted like, Miles Johnson last year. They yeah. redshirted Miles Johnson last year, which yeah. is, you know, incredible. Yeah. It tells you all about his development, too. Yes. I will say this. I've I've always said this and joked with people that Rutgers can't do the whole bag of cash thing because the bag man would, like, call Sarge on the way back. You <laughs> tell him he did it. Like, that's Rutgers. Like, hey, Sarge, ever going to believe what I just did today? <laughs> I've got a video of it. Do you want it for the, for the website? Yeah, exactly. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, these are guys, like, and I want to press Steve Peichel's not going anywhere. But you know, if if UCLA were to, th- were to somehow hire Steve Peichel tomorrow, all the guys on that team, I think, still want to be at Rutgers. You know, they, they want to be here. They want to build something. And I think that's a credit to him. I mean, these are not guys who they barely kind of tricked into coming. And, and you know, <laughs> right. these kids have all bought into Rutgers and building something, and they bought into his vision. And I think the whole fan base has bought into his vision now. And look, next year is going to be a big year. Right. You know, for the first time really ever, there's going to be like real expectations. Tomorrow, tomorrow, NBA.com. Is Steve Peichel going to UCLA? (laughs) (laughs) He's not. I just was throwing it out there. I'm going to start with the first one. Yeah, Uh, but you're right. No, there will be expectations and they're going to have to. Yeah. I mean, if they win seven or eight Big Ten games this year, yeah, that's going to be, they're going to enter next year. People are going to be talking about, not just the NIT, but I think people are going to be talking about maybe the NCAAs, which will be getting ahead of ourselves. But, uh, you know, that's how this is what happens with fans. So, uh, all right. Anything else in basketball? You want to move to topic number two, the football offseason. Football uh, offseason. Do we, have to talk, do, do we have to talk football? Really? We were having such yes. a good time. We're on a roll. Football, football, football rides the bus. Don't listen to me, Dave White. Football rides the bus. <laughs> drives the bus here. Come on. We have to uh, go there. All right, so this is my question to you guys. You know, there's been a lot of changes. I think we we all three of us agree that, that the recruiting class they got in was about as good as you could have expected, all things considered, and I have to add those three words, obviously, because it was still 13th in the Big Ten. They brought in some transfers. They shook up the coaching staff. Keith Sargent, right now, is this program in better shape than it was when the season ended? I'm going to say I don't know, and I know that's not the answer that you want. And he, here's what I'm going to say, okay? Yeah, there are, is there some skepticism regarding the recruiting class? Yes. Is there skepticism with some of the coaching hires that he's, that he's made? Yes. Is there skepticism with some of the players that they've lost, namely Jonah Jackson? Yes. Uh, so all those things, you know, are issues. All that being said, and I've, I've said this, you know, pretty much since the end of the last season, the biggest thing that's going to determine whether or not they can actually make the leap is whether or not Chris Ash, who has talked long uh, about being a developmental program, can get can get the, his, his his 2016, his 2017, 2018 recruiting classes to develop. Can he develop those guys? 
this recruiting class, let's be honest, okay, the, the typical freshman, they really, you you might get, you know, uh, major contributions from maybe four or five guys if you're lucky. Uh, right. the, the biggest name guys are, are running backs. They're already set up running back. So yep. the, the biggest thing that's going to be is going to be, number one, can Art Sikowski, can he make a leap and a major leap at that? That's going to be a big thing. And then, you know, the developing of, of the offensive line. There's a lot of key questions on that that James can probably a- answer to. Um, you know, a lot of uh, question marks on defense, but all of the other stuff, you know, as far as recruiting, which, you know, like I said, you, you're probably right. It's probably better than what, what most people would have expected coming off one and 11. You know, the coaching staff. You know, could they have gotten you know Anthony Campanelli or you know you know maybe uh, you know one or two other big name guys who were out there? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all those things. You know, Rutgers fans have you know are, are absolutely you know perfectly fair to to wonder like you know is Rutgers winning the off season? Maybe they're not, but none of it really matters beyond the question of whether or not Chris Ash can actually develop his his now juniors and and, and seniors. What do you think, James? Better than last year? No. When the season and ended? the reason why I say that is this way I look at it with Jonah Jackson leaving and now going to Ohio State, their offensive line and their defensive line have regressed from where they were last year. Mm-hmm. And they weren't terribly good last year. And look, like, I understand that it's a limited market, but. They didn't get a grad transfer defensive tackle. And, and I, look, I know that's it's very difficult because there's not a lot of those guys out there to begin with. But they didn't get one of those. Uh, they lost Jonah Jackson. And, and, you know, I know they're they're in on the kid Ryan Alexander, the, the South Alabama graduate transfer who's from Long Island. But, you know, as we get closer and closer to the spring, you know, the longer a guy isn't committed to come, that usually kind of means the lesser the chances are that he's definitely coming to Rutgers. So if they don't land a guy who I would say is probably maybe in the second tier of the grad, or maybe n- near the bottom of the first tier of grad transfer offensive lineman in the country, uh, a guy who's around the corner grew up in all, if they don't land him, then who are you getting? I mean, there's other guys out there, but and I think it gets back to what fan, you know, Grad transfer to any position is you don't just want to go get a guy to say, hey, we got a guy. Like You need a guy who's going to step on the field and produce. And if you don't get another guy, then you're putting a lot of pressure on Omari Cooper, the, the junior college right tackle, to be that guy. And you're probably moving Kamal Seymour inside maybe. You know, you need Raekwon O'Neal to be your left. I mean, it's just – that's my issue is that the recruiting class was better than I think a lot of people expected. There's some promising skill position players in there, but those guys are probably a year away. But on in the trenches, Big Ten is a line of scrimmage league. They've gotten worse, and I think that's a major concern. That Here's is, another that is, that is a really great point. Yep. And I was going to oh, say, as far as grad transfers go, go goes, I know they don't grow on trees, but – uh, you know, getting a grad transfer quarterback uh, it's still very, very vital. I'm not saying a grad transfer quarterback to uh, win to, to all of a sudden he comes in. Okay, this is a starter because Sikowski, I think, is still going to have you know be 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 the guy who's going to be the front runner no matter who they bring in at this point. They weren't going to get Brandon Wimbush. Let's be honest. And 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 you know, ready-made starters don't grow on trees on the grad transfer market. But that being said, they need someone that can give you confidence that if Sikowski doesn't show major progress in, in, in the first two, three weeks of the season, 
that you can turn to, to. And that was a major problem a year ago where they didn't have a guy. They were trying to develop Sikowski, but then all of a sudden when, he, when, when they realized that he wasn't ready, they really didn't have a plan B. Can they get a plan B? You know, you know again, you know, is Langan the guy? I don't know. Uh, there's certainly a lot of, uh, you know, uh, talk about, you know, that Boston College was going to move him, that he was the fifth best quarterback on the Boston College roster. We've he- heard all that. Um, can they get a grad transfer on, on, on the grad transfer market between now and, and you know, training camp? Right. And this is what we come back to, guys, by the way. And this, you know, we, we just rattled off like six different things. <clears throat> Really, of like off the top of our heads that are question marks, right? Both lines, the quarterback might not develop. We still don't have, they still don't have a receiver that we can identify and say, all right, that's the guy who's going to be the playmaker they haven't had since, you know, since, I mean, go, going back several years now. Uh, I mean, it's just one thing after another that, uh, you know, the coaching staff wasn't, they didn't get the, the hire that was going to make a difference in recruiting like we expected. I mean, they're just, you know, again, they're just six things that, that, you know, when you look at them, the pay, all right, so, are all of those things going to go their way next year? It's really hard to it's really hard to imagine. I guess that's where I come back to. Uh, you know, I, I get it that there are obstacles, and it was hard to recruit off that, and they did a good job getting some players in. But you know, I mean, there are just still a lot of things that a lot of boxes that they haven't checked, or they, that they excuse me that they will have to check before uh, you know late August comes. Yeah, no, I mean, just to back to the, the grad transfer quarterback, I, I feel like it, it's like they need to thread a needle. I mean, it's increasingly looking like it's not going to happen. Like, they need to find a guy who is a pro-style quarterback who is competent enough to potentially play in the Big Ten, but also not necessarily going to come here not guaranteed. You know, he's going to have to come here not guaranteed playing time. Because as Sart said, I still think that Sikowski is the front runner. I mean, he's the guy who they would want to ideally win the job and make major strides. And at the same time, he has to want to come to Rutgers, which has had this right. horrible offense. You know, it's just, it, it, you just, you're trying to find a needle in a haystack. And I just think that that's going to be difficult for them. And another thing too, I think it doesn't, I mean, we, everyone kind of assumes that every transfer is getting a waiver these days and it might be the case, but Langan, we don't know if he's eligible and if he's not eligible, you're you're probably talking about a backup quarterback battle behind Sikowski between Jonathan Lewis, who you showed no interest in letting play last year. You moved him to tight end, yeah. And Cole Snyder, and I know fans are high on Cole Snyder, but and he, he I know John McNulty's very high on him, but he's a true freshman who played in near Buffalo against far lesser competition than Art did at IMG. Yeah, and or even we've older, seen, that matter. And so we've like, seen true freshmen how hard it is. And we've seen true freshmen how we've seen true freshmen how how hard it is for true freshmen to come in and play in the Big Ten. It's just you know the, the whole idea that you know he's going to be the guy who suddenly you know, is ready to play in 2019 is. So far, fast. so you're betting on Langan getting a, a waiver when he's a guy who, as Sarge said, was probably getting moved at Boston College, and tight end. I think it's even more of an issue. I mean, very high on Alimo. I think he might be the the of the three transfers that came back in state. He might be the guy with the highest upside, but he doesn't get that waiver. You got Volkolek, you've got Davon Robinson, who people were always saying could move to receiver, and you've got Jonathan Pimentel as a walk-on from an Alpin who's never played. I mean, you don't have a lot of depth at tight end, which is why I think Nakia Griffin-Stewart going to now at Pitt was <clears throat> quietly 
not as big, nowhere near as big of a blow as losing Jonah Jackson, but it's a blow because if something happens in that tight end room, you don't have much depth. And at least you knew that Griffin was a serviceable tight end who could block, who could go on the field, make a catch or two when called upon. Right, right. Well, all right. So that's again. What did you think? Let me ask you. Other than that, it's yeah. Well, I think the two, the two things, the two developments in the offseason that were really uh, concerning were certainly Jackson, not only just leaving, Jonah Jackson leaving their best offensive player, but then going to Ohio State. So he's good enough to play. And I know, I know fans were, there's some fans in the fan base that didn't think that was a big deal. I mean, to me, that was just the ultimate, you know, I mean, that, that was just, I get it. Ohio State's better. They're going to beat you anyway, but still, I mean, you're losing your best offensive player to, your best division rival. It's just bad. And the next one was Campanile. You know, they, they identified a guy they wanted on the coaching staff. Uh, and, you know, they, they went after him hard. And he not only said no thanks, but ends up in Michigan. So those are two, those are two uh, you know, really for the image of, of what they're trying to build there. And, you know, that, 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 was, a, that was a tough uh, couple of developments for Chris Ash. And you have um, to put right. it in perspective. Well, I was going to just put a bow. You have to put it in perspective because, you know, if you're a Penn State fan, you're watching a lot of your guys – uh, transfer to, you know, this is a, a day of age where, you know, mm-hmm. no one can predict. It's almost a, it's not there yet, but it's about to be a free agent period in college football. We all get that, that, you know, right. that Rutgers, you know, for as many transfers as they left, uh, you know, as, as they lost, they got a, a few as well. So you have to put that in perspective. But that being said, Jonah Jackson, who was your captain, uh, you know, a perceived captain. leader, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, on the team, that was that was uh, a certain loss, uh, you know, early in uh, early in the off season. But the good news, beer. <laughs> uh, sorry, you broke the story about beer coming to the stadium. Uh, you know, I, I I think certainly from a, a, a fan perspective, I'm sure it's long overdue. Uh, is it a good decision? Is it a is it going to be a, a game changer money wise? And are we going to see what I think some people fear, which is uh, more public drunkenness? <laughs> uh, you know, again, uh, I'll let other people, um, you know, make uh, decide whether or not it was a good decision or a bad decision. I'll say this: I mean, you know, it's pe- people drink. I mean, the people drink. You know, you know, early, you know, in the day during at the tailgates. You know, it, it, there, there, you know, I've heard countless fans, you know, in my, in my Twitter and like comment section of fans who, who sneak alcohol into, you know, into the games, people drink. So, you know, the, the idea that Rutgers can't be making money on, you know, on this, you know, in this day of age when they need money, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I think it's, you know, a good thing. Um, as a game changer, um, I, I yes, uh, Purdue, um, reportedly made over a million dollars uh, this past year in revenue. Really? Wow. Um, right now, it's going to be, it's kind of hard to, to pinpoint exactly how much Rutgers will stand to gain just from in beer sales because they haven't signed a contract. They, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're putting out bids uh, for, for uh, a, a new company to come in. And um, so it all depends on, on the cut, the commission, you know, what, what, what they get out of it. But, you know, you can certainly say that it's going to be well over in excess of six figures. You know, you know, to the bottom line. Um, you know, signage. You know, their 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 marketing deal with 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 IMG um, is going to is only going to go up with signage and and some of those opportunities, sponsorship op- opportunities. So, um, mm-hmm. as far as you know, you know, revenue. This is a game changer. 
you know, I, I, yeah, I think that's, you know, you know, you use that word sometimes, not you, but like, you know, that word is used sometimes a little bit too liberal, but I think it's certainly going to make a big difference toward the bottom line. Yep. And, uh, and it's going to make people a little, a little bit, take the edge off just a little bit. Right. Although I'm sure they're going to, we're going to discuss like, remember when the big, the big controversy was that the coffee was cold. The beer's going to be warm, right? But we're gonna, uh, we're gonna, that's going to be the controversy. And people love complaining, right? But you know, you just wait till like the the price point for for, for like a, a Bud Draft will be like eleven dollars, <laughs> exactly. So people are going to complain. It was five dollars for a dollar Diet Coke at the rack the other night. They're going to complain about what type of beer. I mean, it's it's like free money to me, not free money. But like, you don't sell beer now, you sell beer. Like, it just seems like this. Like, whatever you make is yeah. like basically going to be revenue I, w- I would presume for the most part so i think people just need to calm down like this whole idea of like you know there's like one drunken fan's going to get arrested and it's going to become like national news uh and steve knows this after giants games or jets games when you the game ends and you come down to the press box and you have to walk to the post game you know locker room and everything you go past the drunk tank at metlife stadium and you see some fascinating things popping out yes. of there. I would assume oh, yes. we'll have something like that where if people get in trouble, they'll be shuttled to this place and the police will be there to handle it and they'll be given their ticket and sent on their way. I think it's there's nothing but good that can come out of this because we're at the point now too where all these you know these providers, whether it's Dexo or Aramark or whoever, they they cut off sales at a certain point during the game. They know how to identify, you know, people who shouldn't get more alcohol, who've been overserved, you know. There's all these safety mechanisms in place that maybe weren't in place 15, 20 years ago. Uh, I think for the most part, you know, plus, you know, you got to figure that a lot of fans are getting on a bus and going someplace else around campus, the park. So you've got that process. So I think it's nothing but good for Rutgers. It just makes sense. And I'm intrigued to see how much money they make not only at, at basketball and football, but at wrestling matches and two like baseball and other sports like that. I would assume they're going to have to build some sort of structure, you know, by by Baton Field and the softball field to sell alcohol. I, I don't think you're going to have some intern with a cooler just kind of throwing, you know, six packs at people. No, you have a, you probably have a beer truck or something. I mean, you know, there are probably ways to do it. I know for one, I'm going to, I'm going to need some serious alcohol to get back to a wrestling match. I will say that. I'm kidding, Cratch. I'm kidding. I know you love the wrestling. So Cratch, so Cratch has been on me to get, get out there. It's, it's a thing. I get it. This is the, you know, the, arguably the, not even arguably, but the best team of Rutgers going. They've got national championship contenders. They've got the best wrestler in the country at 145 pounds, Anthony Ashall. So I go to the match and I, I think I just picked one that was a bit of a dud because I don't know. It was a bit. Uh, it was a bit. Uh, it was a bit on the dry side. Rutgers <laughs> lost to Michigan. Uh, I had a hard time. You know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, knowing what the hell was going on. That was my biggest problem. <laughs> like every time, like I'm saying the crash. Like every time something happened, I'm like, well, well, that should be worth a point. He picked the kid up. No, it's not a point because blah 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 blah. Yeah, that was right, Sarge. I mean, you're on my side with this. I, I am on your side. I, I, I covered it. Like it should be cut it. and dry, but it's not. It's confusing. Uh, for sure. I covered on, on a highest level of, and, and I, I still, and I, I saw one fan go after you, you know, you know, is it that hard? You're a sports writer is you would get paid to do. No, it is that hard. Cause like I said, I was around it for a long time. It's not something you just like pick up a book and you, you know, you, yeah. you, you have to watch it and you're right. And there are certain things that you're like, 
why wasn't that a point? Like, well, you know, what, what's going on? Yeah. So, yeah. No, so, so, it, it, so, so, so you're the expert, James. You got to answer the question now. <laughs> is Ashnault going to win the national championship? And is Suriano going to, you know, overcome what for him has been a, based on what I've read that you wrote, <laughs> a subpar season? What do you think? Anthony is going to win a national title. I think he's wrestling on an extremely high level. And, you know, the one thing that Anthony's got going for him is that he's basically wrestled all the other top guys around his level. You know, he, he destroyed, you know, really beat up Kaladzic from Princeton. Steve, if you'd come to that match, I know you were at the Super Bowl that day. Uh, that would have, like, made you a true believer, right? That was the most, yeah, yeah. one of the best sporting events I've ever covered. Uh, the loudest I've ever heard the rack, although Minnesota the other night was pretty close. Uh, Suriano. I think this is what Rutgers fans, I, I think they're, they're sort of like a Rutgers baggage that when, when Nick goes out and loses a match and loses three of them to other guys who are kind of ranked near the top of the country, the 133 pounds, there's kind of this like defeatist attitude of, oh, he can't beat this guy. Or, you know, I mean, Rutgers fans were kind of bent out of shape when he lost last year in the national final to Spencer Lee. And it's like, guys, you know, Nick was in the hospital for a week with a serious infection, like hadn't wrestled really in six weeks. And he got in on two shots, which means he almost scored, Steve, against the national champion and lost a close, a relatively close bout. I, I think he's right there. I mean, the loss to Dayton Fix from Oklahoma State was kind of a screwy with all the delays and the reviews and the stupid the hand-to-the-face call, which is the right call, but it's kind of a ticky-tack foul. Uh, the loss to Iowa's Austin DeSanto was not a good loss for him. He was up big. He kind of stopped wrestling near the end, got taken down right at the buzzer. That being said, I think if he wrestles DeSanto again, I think he'll really kind of reverse that result and probably beat him handedly. And then Michich, who's, you know, the national finals last year in Michigan, when you were there, Steve, uh, he was right. He wrestled the kid. He just didn't finish a shot, and Michich got the lone takedown. So he's right there. Like, if I had to guess, I think that Nick's going to have a hard time winning a national title just because he's – going to have to win two or three of those nip and tuck, you know, 50-50 bouts. But I definitely think he can win a national title. And look, if Rutgers were to get two national champions after a season that I think has maybe disappointed fans a little bit, I think maybe the casual fan was looking for more kind of tangible success in these big-time dual meets. But it's it's a weird sport in a way that, you know, it's – it's a team thing, but it's also an individual thing. And I think that some of those individual bouts have been a lot closer than maybe the scoreboard has indicated, the final team score. But as you said, you know, if people aren't wrestling diehards, they're not necessarily going to see the nuance of it all. But I do think Anthony wins a national title. Uh, Nick, I think, is a strong contender. I wouldn't pick him to win a national title going in. I would stick with Michich from Michigan. But I think he's certainly capable of winning that if, if they meet again. You mentioned that didn't finish a shot. That's that's how I would. That's how. That's the entirety of Sarge's college dating career. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> oh, I was waiting for that one. Yeah. I had to wait out. I had to wait out that entire wrestling thing that 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 Kratz was talking about to get that to get that little zinger. All well right, done. we go. We got one thing. I appreciate. It. Thank. You. All right, we've got uh, one. I think we have got one more topic that we have to address because while. Uh, it's just, it's just been, you know, you thought the team of the winter, of the winter was going to be the women's basketball team. And maybe it still will be, but I mean, my goodness, you know, when you lose C. Devin Stringer to, uh, to a health scare, uh, two players suspended, kicked off the team in, in, in a span of four days. I, I mean, you know, that's not good. I, I, what's going on there? Uh, 
you know, what's the, what do you think is going to happen, Sarge, with, with, with Stringer? Is she going to be back before the end of the year? I mean, give me your, give me your take. Okay, so no one knows whether or not she's going to be back. I mean, they, they said in the press release that, you know, they're, they're trying to, um, you know, the, the goal is to get her back um, before, after the Big Ten tournament. First off, as James Cratch uh, wrote today, it's not a sure thing that they're going to get to the NCAA tournament. So you have that, that, that you know, that, that issue. And number two is, you know, no one's really acknowledging what the issue is. Um, you know, so until we really know, you know, you've been around Steve for a long, long time. And I, I, I'm, I'll bring this up only for, for, to, to, to illustrate the point. Jim Beheim, you know, ran over someone and killed someone and he was back <laughs> coaching. And I, I'm not trying to make light of it, but he was back I coaching know. the next game. a great game. point. Yes. Coaches yep. don't, do not leave their teams. Yep. Yep. I, they, they are so, and I'm telling you, I've been doing this for so long. You've been doing it for a long time. Coaches are so wired what? not to leave their team under any circumstance. Sarge, Steve Peichel was angry that he missed practice on the day he buried his mom. I mean, it's perfect examples right there on campus. Exactly. You're totally right. And I thought, I, I thought the same thing that it's the fact that they're not saying what it is. And I have heard, you've heard the buzz. It's exhaustion or it's something. I mean, it, it's gotta be something that's serious for this to be, for her to be away from the team and to put a timetable that, you know, hoping she'll get back. For the NCAA tournament, she seems very strange. I mean, she is, you know, I mean, she's a, certainly a strong, uh, energetic woman. She's 71 years old. It, there's just a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of questions that I had, that I have about it. And I, you know, I, 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 you don't want to speculate because you don't know, but it's hard. I mean, she's the face of that program. It's hard not to wonder, you know, what, uh, what's going to happen. What's going on behind the scenes? James, your, your thoughts? I'll just say one thing that, I, I knew about it, but I wasn't thinking about it. Someone pointed out to me the other, last night, uh, Monday night after the game was, you know, we're used to, when we think about the NCAA tournament for men's basketball, like, you know, selection Sunday, like you literally have Michigan, Michigan State in the Big Ten final, and like that game ends and they go right to the selection show. And then, you know, the teams are playing again on Thursday. Uh, there's a week off between the end of the, the Big Ten women's basketball tournament championship game you know, it was on a Sunday, and then like a, a week plus Monday is when the field is set. So it isn't like you know the Big Ten tournament will end for Rutgers wherever they land, and like the team's playing again four or five days later. There is a week off, and then there's a couple of days after that. So I do think that that does factor into the idea of when they say who, she's expected to be back after the Big Ten tournament, she probably, she kind of has another two weeks between then and when they would have to play again before she would, you know, be able to coach again. But I agree. I, I think there's definitely an, an open-endedness uh, of some sorts to, you know, when she's going to be back. Tim Eatman, obviously the acting head coach. I do think they're going to get into the NCAA tournament. I think that Wisconsin is not very good, so beating Wisconsin at home on Monday night really helped them. I think if they had lost that game, it would have been really that would have been a major blow to them from a committee standpoint. Even if they lose out, I still think with an RPI of in the top twenty-five, the RPI, RPI will go down though. The RPI, the will RPI go will go down, but you've got eleven wins in the Big Ten. You beat. Maryland, um, when they were number four in the country on the road, and, and they, they really and I don't know exactly where they're ranked, but they're still in the top 12, top 12, top 15. You've got a better resume than you did a year ago. Your RPI is going to be better. I do think that 
they need, if they win one more game, they will clinch a double bye in the Big Ten tournament. They're in. If they lose out, which would be two losses in the regular season, one and done at the conference tournament, I still think they get in. Uh, it wouldn't. It would be tight. They might be like one of the last four teams in. But even then, I, I think you're right. It just seems like the expect the op- the optimistic outlook is that she'll be ready. You know, she'll Vivian Stringer will be back for the conference for the national tournament. Um, but it does seem kind of open ended, and I think that hey, look. It, Everyone knows it. I mean, obviously, the, the clause in her contract that she could move to another position. Right. This person, like, it, it's. It, I think that right now, I think Rutgers, the focus is going to be on, you know, supporting the, the team and the acting head coach, Tim Eatman, you know, as they try to kind of get over the hump, get back to the tournament and everything. And But I, I do think down the road, it's going to be, you know, it, there's going to be some probably some frank, tough discussions that Rutgers is going to have to have internally about, you know, where they kind of go from here. Right. And that is the bigger the bigger question, no matter what happens this month, is that, you know, OK, so I would have said a month ago that they were going to have to give her a, a big, fat, happy contract extension. But, you know, now if she does have health problems, if there's something, you know, bigger at work here with some of the off the court problems, it's not it is not the lock that it might have been. And. You know, it's just, uh, it's going to be, I mean, I don't know what the answer is. I certainly think if you were betting right now, you would, you would bet that, that see Vivian Stringer be your coach when next season begins. But, you know, it's going to be an interesting decision be, uh, for, for Pat Hobbs. And, you know, I can, I can see it going the other way too, Sarge. I don't know how you feel about it, but certainly yeah. I, can, I can imagine. I, yeah. I, I, you know, you just never want, want to, I mean, I, I, three, four different ADs have, have, Come to a point where they, what do you go? Do we extend her? Do we, do we, we try to have a tough conversation? And they've all decided to extend her because she's a, you know, a Hall of Famer who has a thousand right. career wins and has meant so much to so many, uh, uh, you know, you know, athletes and it, it goes yeah. beyond the sport, you know, her impact. Uh, but that being said, you know, she'll be 71, you know, in, 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 in March, you know, the program, uh, we're, we're talking about the NCAA bubble. I, 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 you know, I don't, I still don't think, I, the one thing I will say getting back to that, it'll be real quick is, you know, if, if they were to lose, I mean, I'm saying that they, they still have a lot of work to do because, because if they were to lose, you know, a couple more regular season games, if they have a one and done in the Big Ten tournament, we're talking about a team that's lost, um, eight of their final 11 and they're a different team from the team that, that was, you know, top, um, you know, 16 in the country at one point because they're without their leading rebounder and their best playmaker. So. You know, I will preface it by saying that they do have a lot of work to do. Um, and like, just to wrap up the point, um, you know, she's, she's you know, going to be 71. The team hasn't made the NCAA tournament since 2015. So, you know, that, that is another, you know, thing that sometimes you just have to make that, that decision. Uh, she has two more years left on the contract. She does have that, uh, clause in her contract where she could be an uh, you know, ambassador. You never want to, you know, force a, a coach out. All that being said, it's happened before. So, um, I think, you know, I don't want to put odds on it. It would be unfair, but I don't, I, I, you know, I, I think there's a, a you know, scenario in which uh, she's not the coach next year. And I'll, one thing I just want to throw in, you know, she's had a lot of success recruiting lately. She's bringing right. some, some big time recruits. But I think what, what kind of fascinating underrated aspects is that, you know, Steve Peichel's had a lot of success recruiting you know, kind of from the area. You know, obviously Miles Johnson's from California, but Ron Harper Jr., Paul Mulcahy, Geo Baker, you know, guys in, in Montez Mathis. These are, you know, Vivian's had a lot of success getting top recruits from Alabama, Louisiana, Texas. 
And it's just, you know, is that become a factor? Because they're coming to Rutgers to play for her. Of course. They're not like this coming. It's not like a situation where all friends and family are going to see us play, you know, because friends and family are pretty far away. They're not, they're not a quick drive on a Saturday, you know, away. So I think that does that become a factor of, well, you know, we've got this team that we think we're building, but this team's coming for her maybe more than they're coming for Rutgers. Wow, we covered a lot of ground here. That was this was this was really a meaty, a meaty, beefy podcast for for the off season. We should do one every three months. That that's yeah. clearly the model, right? We're doing we're doing these too often. I get. I will be back. <laughs> Steve Politi, Keith Sargent, James Cratch. Thanks for listening, and hopefully we'll be back sooner than three months next time. Bye bye.